Welcome to the Intelligent and Lazy Investor, where we help you start investing intelligently and lazily. Running you through the five things the smart money is doing that the dumb money is not. This is the fifth of those things. Try this at home, but not alone. Warren Buffett is questioned less than God and worshipped more. So try not to take offense when I say that Warren Buffett did not come out of the womb is Warren Buffett. He didn't understand stock picking or investing until he studied under Benjamin Graham, picked up his system, and ran with it to the highest of high levels. Beyond that, he surrounded himself with people, most notably his business partner, Charlie Munger, who is reputed by anyone who, who's written on the subject really about them to be a more talented, natural stock picker than Buffett. Warren Buffett, like everybody else that you could think of who's done things that we all admire, who's built things that we all admire, who's successfully done, as we talked about on the last episode, who has consistently and successfully taken bold action despite incomplete information successfully. You know, you could include Tony Robbins, Michael Jordan, Oprah, anybody that you worship in really any corner of endeavor. What do they have in common? They have all invested in surrounding themselves with smart specialists who are there to make them better. And this is another logically simple but emotionally difficult adjustment that it's important to wrap your head around if you're going to make substantial progress, not just in investing, but really in any area of life, is that asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's the sign of strength, and it's how winners get where they get. And it's also how people climb out of horrible holes. There was a famous at least as far as UFC is concerned, there was a famous incident where a fighter named Platinum Mike Perry fired his coaches then showed up showed up to a uh, you know a professional UFC fight fighting against a world-class fighter with extraordinarily high stakes, four ounce gloves, unbelievably dangerous. And he's up against this guy who's like the king of New Jersey, who's got world-class talent in his corner. And Platinum Mike Perry between rounds goes back and his girlfriend stands next to him and goes, you're doing good, baby. And for me, that is the perfect symbol of what the app of what Joey Public is doing as an investor. He's working with much higher stakes even than Platinum Mike Perry because he's not a professional and he's going up against professionals. And the only coach coaching he's getting from his corner, if he's even getting that, is hollow, semi-emotional support maybe from his partner, maybe. And so that's the plight that most people face is they're alone with this. The stakes couldn't get higher. They're feeling unprepared mathematically, tactically, emotionally, every which way. And they're unwilling for whatever reason to be willing to discuss with anybody where they want to be, where they're feeling stuck, what they're doing. And to have an honest conversation about what's going down, much less to actually reach out to somebody who can, who's positioned and specialized and, and built to help them past this trap. And an oxymoronical point that is undeniably true is that you need support to become independent here. 
when your beliefs and your behaviors aren't consistent, when you're thinking one thing but doing something else and it's getting progressively worse and you're powerless to stop it, that is hell on earth. And sometimes you need support. You need somebody to come along and just yank you out of the quicksand of a shitty cycle. And so it's worth asking, am I being Joey public here? Do I actually have people in my corner that will give me a productive slap across the face verbally, of course, ask me some inconvenient questions and help me make sure that I'm continuously making progress or at least not digging myself a deeper hole. And so with that in mind, let me ask you, how did your investments perform last year? What are your adjustments to perform better this year? What is your stock picking process? Does it differ in any way from your investing process? Are you positioning your money to double or better every two to three years with no chance of that money dropping to zero? What will you do if the market doubles or cuts in half next month? Would your approaches be different if the market doubled or cut in half next month? What is the objective of this session? Why are you even still listening to this? When you sit down to learn about this and then hopefully to actually do something with the information that you're accumulating, what is it with the intention of actually achieving for yourself? What is that specific vision of the future that you're willing to bleed for? And what are those things that are haunting you in the present that you are dying to be done with? And what is that vision probably backed by reverse role models, anti-models who are living lives that are further down the track than you that you don't want, that you will do anything to avoid falling into those traps. A couple other questions. If you're afraid of numbers, if you're afraid of important terminology about money, are you really literate? If you're trading time for money, no matter how much money you're making, are you really white collar? If you need someone else to tell you what to do with every dollar that you're earning, every minute that you're having, are you really an adult? And if you find yourself in a situation where if one stream in your life, be it an investment stream, an income stream was to evaporate, you'd find yourself begging for the preservation of it whatever it took, because you'd be feel in your psychological convinced as part of your identity that you'd be screwed without it. Are you really independent? Or is all of this just a mirage, a carefully constructed mirage that everyone's patting themselves on the back as they're all crabs in a bucket and trying to yank the crabs back in when one of them gets a little frisky and tries to break for the exit? And lastly, what are the true consequences of not having good answers to these questions, not just for you, but for the people who rely on you. If you're unclear on any of that, find the best and work with them or accept 10 plus years of pain up front. It is much more peaceful that way. And what I'd like to leave you with is for those of you who are sitting there thinking, it's too late for me. You know, yeah, you can be talking about younger people. This is accessible to them, but it's not accessible to me. Too much time has passed. Too many mistakes have been made. I understand what you're saying and I disagree with it completely and I would point to the story of my clients, Kevin and Missy. When I met Kevin and Missy, who work as a mailman and a special education teacher 
in the San Francisco area, they had both been through divorce and had to rebuild in that way. They had just been relocated from an apartment that got the rent got spiked up. And so they were in transit and stressed out about that. And they were in their mid fifties, deeply concerned about their ability to a retire on time, if ever, and B, to provide for their family at the level that they had been visualizing for their entire lives is what they were going to do for their kids. And so beyond that, they had no entrepreneurial experience, no investing experience, and at least one of them, if not both of them, were dreadfully intimidated by all things financial jargon, no, the numbers that are used, the big words that are weaponized, et cetera, et cetera. And so they stepped into this with a real urgency to change something about their trajectory, their current thinking and their future trajectory, but with extreme amounts of trepidation and staving off that certainty that it was too late for them to be able to do something productive. And so they dialed in those five things that I've told you about before. They showed up coachable as hell. The decision was made. I, we can't be studying this anymore. The time for procrastination here has passed. It is time for us to take deliberate action to improve the situation. And then demanding independence of the highest order that they don't want anybody else doing this for them or telling them what to do. They want to do this themselves. And then they, they put on the green goggles and they embraced concentration. And because they showed up with that level of adaptability, despite all of the apprehensions that they had coming into it, they were able to focus their investments in a couple of things that were right under their nose, right under their family's nose, but they learned how to look at it in, in a sort of a more opportunistic and effective way that enabled them to take action despite incomplete information. And they concentrated in some investments that have been among the most successful stocks or any other kind of investment you'd care to categorize over the last couple of years, including one in particular that you probably touch on a day-to-day -day basis that is up somewhere in the neighborhood, last I checked, of 800%. And we're talking about concentrating, not throwing, you know, a thousand bucks at it and then and then checking in the stocks every day. We're talking everything about that, just the opposite. Carefully done, brilliantly executed, and patiently concluded. And so for them, that didn't surprise me that much, if I'm honest. But what did surprise me was a year later, they dropped me a line saying that they had used the same principles and used it to start their own business in their mid fifties as a mailman and a special education teacher so that they could amplify their income so that they could better feed their investments. And in talking to them a year later, every, every ounce of that apprehension of that uninformed pessimism, even of the informed pessimism was gone and they transformed themselves first psychologically from a confidence perspective and then it naturally follows once you can reach that place everything else follows and so long story short if you're hearing this story and it's resonating with you the question that you're asking is if they can do it why can't i and that's my question for you if they can do it then why can't you and i promise you if if something's in the way it's on you it's resolvable and this is accessible to you but only if you commit some part of yourself 
that is bigger and more important than the excuses that you've been making and the assumptions that you've been calcifying with amazing ineffectiveness for the average person who's doing that. And so rounding it out, if what I've just uttered resonated with you utterly, we would ask you to do three things. Review this podcast, subscribe to it, and share it with somebody who needs to hear it. If somebody is incompetently soloing this and you're afraid they're going to get hurt, or if there's anything that's been said over the last six episodes that you would really love to inject into one of your loved one's heads, please share that with them. And lastly, if you've gotten to a point where you're, it's not that your interest is peaked, but sort of a commitment has been awakened then I would invite you to check out findfatfish.com and that'll do it. Thanks so much.